0: happy that you have chosen out of your busy schedule to spend a few minutes with me this morning, and especially with God's Word, because there's nothing I can tell you that's going to make much difference, but I can tell you for sure God's Word will make a difference in your life if you spend time with Him and trust Him and obey His Word. And if we obey His Word, we discover that obedience brings blessing, and it always does, and it's not easy. And sometimes we don't see the blessing at the moment, but it always eventually brings blessing. So obedience to God's word is important. So I want to talk to you for this week about uh, evidences that one is a believer. How, what are some things that will show forth that you are a believer? What, What are some of the things that Jesus seemed to reveal that characterized a person who was a believer? And the first two that I want to mention are absolutely essential. I mean, if they're not there, if that doesn't happen, the person cannot be a believer. And Jesus called this the the new birth, or being born again. And whatever we call it, salvation, born again, becoming a believer, becoming a Christian. There are many, many terms that have been used to describe this but there are many people who define those terms in other ways as well but Jesus first revealed this truth to a man whose name was Nicodemus he was a very religious man he was a Pharisee in that day they were the most religious people in all of Israel and he was a member of the Sanhedrin which was the 70 ruling elders of Israel so he was prominent important and very religious and a very moral man but Jesus told him you must be born again And Nicodemus, though he kept religious rules, he didn't have reality. And though he was admired as good, he did not have a relationship with God. Let me read to you from John chapter 3. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one can perform the signs you're doing except God were with him. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Well, how can someone be born when they're old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they have been born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases, you hear its sound, and you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. And then on down in verse 14, Jesus said, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We need to understand what Jesus means by being born again. He said no one can see the kingdom of heaven unless they are a person who is born again. First notice the must, the absolute essential, indispensable must of spiritual birth. I can tell you the truth, Jesus said, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. It's necessary for spiritual life as much as physical birth is necessary for physical life. Jesus uh, said that I tell you that no one can enter the kingdom unless he's born of the water and the spirit. You see, flesh gives birth to flesh, and spirit gives birth to spirit. We, all of us who are here have been born physically. <clears throat> we have experienced physical birth. And just as that makes us a human being, if we're going to enter into a realm of life that is more than physical, the spiritual realm, we have to have a spiritual birth. And that's what Jesus was talking about to Nicodemus, the religious leader, and that's what he just couldn't seem to understand. And this spiritual birth is produced by God's Spirit. And God's Spirit convicts us of our sin. God's Spirit draws us to Christ. And God's Spirit works the miracle of salvation in us when we respond to trust Jesus as our Lord and Savior. <clears throat> and so it's, it's a God thing. Our physical birth makes us a member of our human family, but we, through our spiritual birth, become a member of God's family. And so how do you know that you've been born physically? You have physical life. How do you know you've been born spiritually? You have spiritual life. And spiritual birth is necessary for every person. There are no exceptions. You say, well, I'm a good person. Well, flesh can only produce fresh flesh. And that's all you can do. I was baptized as an infant or an adult, or I'm a member of a church. But still, all those fleshly activities can never really satisfy our God nor us. You will never see God or heaven without spiritual birth. And that's true of every single person. The problem is sin. And sin is something that all of us know we're guilty of, and yet we don't always face up to it. The truth is that a lot of people don't understand that We need this spiritual birth. It's also necessary to know God to receive forgiveness and enter heaven. None of these things can happen to a person unless they experience this new birth. Let's see if we can understand a little more about it. Let's, Let's look at the mystery of this spiritual birth we're talking about. How can this be, Nicodemus said. He didn't understand. He said, must I enter the second time in my mother's womb and be born? Spiritual birth is a mystery because it's a divine work. It's something God does, not something we do. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done. And even physical birth has mystery about it. We cannot birth ourselves. Someone else has to birth us. And when they do, we begin physical life. And when we trust Christ, we begin spiritual life. And so that's why it's important for us to recognize that this is God's work in us. A divine work is hard for us to fathom. And uh, I heard about a professor who was interested in spiritual things, but he was having a hard time really believing it. And uh, so he, he, uh, he just uh, continued to have problems, and he, he continued to question and continued to study. But uh, one day he began to look at it from a different angle, and he said, What you've said to me has really challenged me in fact if I could fully understand what you've told me I would become a Christian. But and he was really sincere but he said if I could really understand it and of course he had graduate degrees but he said if you could really understand the full meaning of the gospel you would become a Christian. The man who was talking to him John Hunter said he said yes I would. Well he said consider this I have a friend who's a missionary in the in the Congo who works among the pygmies and he said they have a little capacity for understanding and practically no education at all, but they have understood what it means and have trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior. You see, the gospel message is not intended to be hard. It's intended to be simple, though there's mystery about it, certainly. It's simply, I acknowledge my sins. I see myself as a sinner. God's working on my heart, and I let go and trust him as my Lord and Savior. So that's what really matters in coming into this relationship with Christ. But also, I think it's important for us to see the miracle of the new birth. It's a mystery, but it is also a miracle, and this miracle is amazingly powerful, and we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Hope you'll be with me. God bless you.